Heroic Sessions is made possible by Heroic Audio, our mixing and mastering division. Our engineers have mastered the releases that come out on Heroic, on Villain, but even on labels like Armada and MonsterCat. For free mixing advice, you could check out our website, or if you're a record label or artist releasing consistently, you should check out our mastering service on the site. We even have a subscription for reduced rates, so make sure to check that out.
sessions today i get to catch up with the homie imaginate uh he recently dropped his first single with us titled mandala and is due to drop his second single tomorrow in a collaboration with soup andreas titled you are the reason which is Woo! total banger by the way um, thanks man and coming up we are due to release the first debut ep of imaginate on heroic Yo, I still can't believe this is happening. <laughs> so, Josh, it's great to have you on this week, man. How are you and what are you up to? Hey, man, it's good to be here. You know, it's always good vibes with you. Um, I'm good, dude. You know, just working on music nonstop as always. Trying to prime this, prime this EP. I'm really excited about it, putting so much work into it. But yeah, I'm good. Awesome, man. You want to outline a, a very teasing sort of nutshell of what the EP looks like? Okay, yeah, so this EP, I'm really focusing on uh, capturing the Imaginate sound, you know, because for, for a long time, I was just doing things that I heard, you know, not really focusing on um, trying to pinpoint the Imaginate sound and show it to the listener. Um, I think Mandala was the, was the first track that I ever uh, really pushed a sound that I felt uh, inside of me, you know? Mm -hmm. And this EP is pretty much just a continuation of Mandala. It's like really cinematic, but also extremely trappy and, and bass heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and focusing again on imagination and dreaming, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Awesome, man. So, so do you feel like sort of that that translates into the concept of Imaginate as a whole? Yeah, you know, very much. Um, because that's what that's who I see myself as. Someone who's always dreaming, is very imaginative, uh, vivid imagination. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, a limitless, limitless kind of person. You know. Sure. Sure. Makes sense. Um, so before we jump into further, you know, what you're doing and your production, etc., uh, why don't you give everyone sort of a, a brief explanation of who you are, you know, what your background is and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, man. So uh, originally, I I am a beat maker, I guess one might say. When I was, uh, when I was 10 years old, I used to make music <laughs> with my cousins 
at at their house and um you know it was just straight like regular rap mm-hmm. beats you know nothing crazy like today uh, i guess the trend yeah 808 yeah <laughs> i guess the transition was um it was really really like crazy because at one point i was doing you know the hip hop stuff and just out of nowhere i was like doing dubstep and trap so um how it really started was i was in i think 10th grade and flux pavilion had just come out with i can't stop mm-hmm. oh no wait it actually it was bass cannon and uh right my best friend yeah <laughs> my best friend was listening to it and at the time you know it sounded like just screeching mental cat yeah crazy <laughs> Totally. You know, so um, he would listen to it like every day. So one day I just asked him, I was like, dude, what is that song you've been playing over and over? It's like, yo, do you got to check this out? It's dubstep. I was like, what in the world yeah. is dubstep? <laughs> and so he played me the track. And I don't know, man, something about it. I was just instantly hooked because normally I just listen to, you know, like hip hop, mm-hmm. rap stuff. The normal kind of stuff and uh hearing that just completely opened my mind and the fact that he was listening to it means that there's other listeners just listening to this you know mm-hmm. and it just really blew my mind so that night i like really dug deep <laughs> was just listening to a whole bunch of dub mm-hmm. um from schism banga to man a whole lot of people the classics and yeah, the classic guys. That's what I that's what I started with, which is really funny. Um, I didn't know who Skrillex was until like 2012. <laughs> <laughs> <A bit laughs> he <late> dropped, <laughs> yeah, he dropped some song and I was like, oh, this is what everybody's been talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah his stuff is dope too. But definitely, yeah. man. So so dubstep was the birth of Imaginate. Yeah, man. It um I'm glad I started with that too, because it really helped me in the sound design area. Mm-hmm. Like, if I wasn't doing sound design for crazy bass-heavy stuff, I'd be doing regular sound design for, like, film. But, yeah. Sure, sure. Interesting, man. So, so in terms of music and production, what did, do you have any, like, classical training there or any formal education? Um, nope. I'm, I'm pretty much self-taught. I guess the only class I took was in college, and it was um, a music theory course, but a basic one. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I, I kind of flew through that class because it was pretty much just really basic theory. Like, you know, what are triads, major and minor chords, that kind of thing. Sure. And what but about production? Production? No, I self-taught, man. Mm-hmm. I went from Fruity Loops to to Logic to Ableton, back to Logic. And now I'm stepping back into Ableton. So. Um. Yeah, so so what are you doing now, man? Like what is what is the daily life of Imaginate look like? So the daily life for Imaginate is um wake up, produce a couple of people that I'm working with around my town. Uh I'm I'm also engineering for a couple of people, you know, some extra money. Mm-hmm. Engineering for some people, uh producing beats as always, you know, selling those. And then after I get that stuff done, it's usually I work on my own stuff or I just sit down and listen to a whole bunch of music, man. 
Mm-hmm. That's all I'm doing. And from it doesn't have to be <laughs> dubstep or, you know, trap all the time or future bass. Sure. I can listen to like um, one of my favorites. Is, I'm probably going to get a lot of <laughs> craziness for this. <laughs> my favorites is is uh, Phil Collins. Dude, I, I love, love Phil, Phil Collins, Collins, man. Dude, his drums just take me away every time, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's also just, he's just like a great songwriter. Like, yeah. I was actually watching a documentary the other week on Phil Collins and I was amazed at like how many hits he's written, especially yeah. in like the 90s era. Like, that's, insane, that's, that's, man. Like, my childhood. Yeah, my childhood is Phil Collins. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, awesome, man. So, Let's jump into the fan questions and sort of see where that takes us to. Uh, All right, cool. so we got we got quite a few this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so on the on the on the on the topic of percussion, um, we got a question from Ray Ray Jesu, um, Ray, who's asking, "Where do you get your percussion from?" Uh, man. So I think the best way to put this is so. I use a lot of um, epic sounding percussion, like big drums, and I pretty much just get them from um, Damage, which is a contact library. Mm. Uh, Heaviosity Damage, yeah. They have some really like incredibly huge sounding drums. I use them all the time because I love them so much. And you know, they're they're from like sticks to really big uh, bass drum hits um, to like. They have like really crazy metal sounding crashes and stuff. They like really experimented a lot with it, but Sick. that's primarily where I get my percussion from. And I guess the second place would be uh, just sample packs. Like loud packs, sound packs are super dope. I love those. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, just a bunch. It's just scattered. It's sure. scattered. <laughs> just take the best, the best of the best and just gather that into one folder, I would assume exactly yeah definitely so how does so how do you go about uh your drums right are you layering multiple samples always man i'm always layering because mm-hmm. i like it's usually i like the low end of one sound and then i like the clickiness of another sound so i'll usually blend two to get two or three together and then i'll add my own sort of like effects rack onto it to make it sound you know, mm-hmm. like my style. So, okay. So let's expand on that a second. Um, so you're doing that in Ableton, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So how, how does that work on your end? So you're putting a drum rack and then you're layering. Right. Three so triggers. I would take, yeah. So I would take a, a drum rack and I would put, so say if I'm layering um, a clap sound. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll take uh, three, it's usually two or three claps that I think sound really good. So I'll put them all in the drum rack and then, you know, I'll put them all in at as uh, mini notes at the same time. So they, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hit hit at the same time. And then I would take uh, guitar rig, which is one of my favorite effects things ever. And I would throw on a custom preset that I made for especially just made for claps. And really? then, um, yeah, I do that. And then I'd add another effects. Um, which Isotope Trash is one of my favorites. And I just use that for um, harmonic distortion usually. Mm. And 
that's how I get my clap sound. <laughs> Interesting, man. Guitar rig? So what are you using from there exactly? Um, guitar rigs, compressors are stupid crazy. The uh, the the reverb units are really dope. I mean, there's there's so much in there because how I found out how sick guitar rig was, I would take, I do a lot of experimenting, <laughs> like a yeah. lot. So I would take a, a kick sound and be like, I wonder what it would sound like in the 70s Vox box kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just to mess around. And then I'd do that and be like, wow, that the compressor sounds sick or the amp sounds sick on this kick. Maybe I should layer it and see what happens. And Ooh. golden, always. Sick. That is that is a very interesting and new tip. I've like I've never heard anyone use guitar <laughs> rig on 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 percussion, but I, I have to try yeah. this now, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. So so before we move on from the percussion side, right? Um, have you or do you ever just record your own stuff, whether that is in the studio or just outdoors and just, you know, use that to layer as an extra, you know, layer yeah. on your drums? Not, see, so not for my drums, but I usually do it when I'm doing like a really cinematic kind of uh, song, I'll record ambience outside, which is, um, it's always interesting because sometimes I live in a weird part of town where sometimes it's busy and sometimes it's really quiet, mm -hmm. but yeah, not for drums though, but just for ambient sounds. Sweet. So that, so that would just be, you grab your recorder, go outside and chill for a while. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sick, man. Sick. I like that. I've. I, I always respect producers who take the time to record any any element of their production. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Since we're on the topic of production, um, Simone de Amicia asks, any tips on mixdown? Um, let's see. I guess so. The best tip I could probably give you is. Okay, well, here there are going to be a few tips. So, the common, I mean, the rules that I go by are pretty much tuning your drums, because I mean that that goes a long way. And sample choice, if you're doing that kind of thing, mm -hmm. sample choice is is um goes a long way as well. But as far as like you know uh, compression and and equalization and all that, I think the best way for me to get my drums sounding extremely clear is parallel compression. And if you don't know what parallel compression is, you you pretty much just take the dry drum signal mm -hmm. and you blend it with a like over compressed signal. And you know, to your taste, yeah. It just it, it brings out the drums so much, man. Yeah, for it's sure. It's one of my favorite things to do. Are you doing that by using a bus and then, you know, through the auxiliaries you would just compress, you know, the signal there or are you just yeah, through the bus. Yeah. Okay. Just through the bus. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Totally. Um, going back a step to to one of the things you said was tuning your drums, and I personally think that's like a big thing, right? But I think most producers and probably most of the listeners probably have no idea what tuning your drums means. <laughs> um, so why yeah. why don't you explain? Why don't you elaborate on that a bit? So when you're doing okay, so when you Usually when you uh, have samples, like drum samples, say a kick and a snare, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to use Vengeance Pack because I know everybody has Vengeance drums. Of course. So so if you're doing like uh, 
a pretty basic track where it's just a kick in the snare. You'll notice that if you listen to the snare or the kick, it's usually they're usually not in the same tune. And what I mean by that is like they're not the same note. Mm-hmm. You, you got to listen really closely that they're not the same note. And so you have a kick that's not the same note as a snare, but you also have these two drums that aren't the same note as your song entirely. Yeah. So pretty much what you just have to do is make sure that if your song is in the key of, I don't know, C, that your drums need to be in the key of C as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. So so on that, um, you mentioned you you listen to, to find the key. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I've heard other guys who basically use the tuner, right? They pick up the signal and then they're like, okay, this is this is where it has to be, right? Because the track is in C right. or C major, whatever. And then you're going to tune mm-hmm. your kick and then right. you're going to compare it again to the tuner. Or alternatively, in Ableton especially, you have the frequency spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. Which yeah. totally like you can like analyze, you can check out like the frequency it's hitting and then you can see the note it's in. Exactly, um, yep. Is that something you do personally or are you just doing everything by ear? Everything by ear because I find it to be faster that way. Um, I'll, I'll show you the way how I do it. So I'll take my samples and put them in a drum rack again in Ableton. And um, I'll play the song. And I'll just pretty much use uh, Ableton's built-in like uh, transpose because you can you can transpose individual samples. Mm-hmm. And uh, ballpark it to where it sounds, you know, somewhat okay. And then I'll go in and actually take out the frequencies that are um, meshing with the song, I guess, if that's right. the word that you want to use. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Okay, yeah, awesome, man. I think that is that is something that uh, like every producer should apply in their workflow, like tuning their yeah. drums. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, cool. So moving on to the next question by Nick Tulas. Shout out to Greek homie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Nick. <laughs> um, tips on what VSTs to use for a quick self-master? For a quick self-master, um, what I usually use, I mean, this is this is a whole thing in one, but you probably can't get it because it's really expensive. But Isotope, Ozone, 5 or 6, man, is the way to go to do a quick master. Mm-hmm. Um if you can't get a hold of Ozone, because I know it's expensive, some something I always use when I'm just trying to get everything to sound nice together, like really glued together, is uh, SSL's uh, compressor, an SSL compressor, a basic one. Oh, yeah. And all you got to do is um, give the threshold just a little bit uh, take the threshold down just a little bit on your master chain so that the needle is like barely moving and you'll notice like an instant glue kind of thing like it just brings everything together in an instant yeah is that like, is this the master ssl like the channel compressor yeah the channel yeah yeah man yeah dude yes i love i love the ssl compressor man <laughs> it's yeah, so awesome i think it's crazy have you have you actually have you actually used like hardware like the ssl compressor I have. Um, when I was in when I was in school, we got a couple days to ourselves to our own SSL boards, and it was. I mean, the sound is just crazy, man. Yeah, how man. good it sounds. Totally, totally. I, I had a, a year or two to geek out on the SSL compressor. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, man. So fun. On that mm-hmm. on that note, quick tip to you and anyone else, right? Um, 
if you apply like very little compression with SSL compressor on a vocalist, like, oh my God, it's it's beautiful. Like, you don't oh, even have know. to try that. Yeah, dude, def- <laughs> definitely do that. Definitely do that. Um, but anyways, on on the on the talk of mastering, and you sort of gave us a basic understanding of your master chain. Um, but actually, one of our listeners, and let me just, Stein Versteig asks, Hey fam, what do you usually have on your master chain? Um, is there any more you, you can elaborate on that, or did that basically yeah. cover it? Um, I mean, that has that that basically covers it. But I also do uh, some very minimal uh, distortion, not harmonic distortion, but I mean like <laughs> distortion. Uh, I just like the way it sounds. So I would use um, again Isotope Trash because it's awesome at making things sound ridiculously crunchy and crispy if you want to use those words um i usually use like something that makes it sound like the entire song this is gonna sound weird the entire the entire song is going through an amp but i'd make it i'd make the dry wet like really really almost zero zero wet probably like 10 percent wet and blend it in and or you know just blend it in the taste I usually do that a lot. Sweet man, I've never heard of distortion on master, but again, yeah. <laughs> again, interesting tips, man. Like I like this. I you're using alternative techniques, which a lot of you know producers would would sort of frown upon. <laughs> well, yeah, I, that's the funny part. You know, I'm not trained in any way except for like in recording and it's some basic mixing. But um, I usually find my way just experimenting, man, because you know there's no. Uh, there's guidelines, but there's not really rules, and rules are meant to be broken anyway. So I, I'm always experimenting and seeing what happens. So you know, not not a hundred. It doesn't work a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Maybe like twenty five percent of the time. But that twenty five percent always sounds like really cool. Yeah, man, totally. No, that's that's totally the key, man. And like, I think one thing that a lot of producers with like formal audio engineering education, like. I feel like the the fallacy or the trap a lot of guys fall in is like, okay, well, you know, this is what I learned and this is sort of like what I should do and sort of forget to be like, okay, maybe I should experiment. Maybe this this cool effect here is actually going to have a big impact on my mix. Um, right. Mm-hmm. At least that's what happened to me personally and I saw it with other, other friends of mine. Um, so totally, man. Rules are definitely meant to be broken. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, okay. On, on, on the talk of effects... Um, Daryl Darcheville asks, what is your go-to effect? Uh, my go-to effect, again, is probably <laughs> guitar rig. <laughs> and, and guitar rig is kind of vague, so I'll, I'll pretty much say any of the um, any of the the amp boxes in, in guitar rig sound really cool. I mean, whether it's I'm trying to do a really weird sounding kick drum or bass, you know, I just put it through an amp because <laughs> it sounds really cool. Sure. Especially, so so actually, my curiosity, like when you're making a, like a dubstep bass line, right? Or like a Euro style bass line. Um, mm-hmm. How heavy do you go on, on the amps there with guitar? When I'm doing those kind of bass sounds, um, I usually let the actual VST do all the work. And I do little to none on guitar rig. Uh, what I've been using recently 
and what you're, you're probably going to be hearing a lot more of is uh, Serum. And Serum's capabilities, I mean, by itself, are really, really cool. Yeah. So, and I haven't even, like, messed around with it 100%, but, um, you know, I usually let the VST do all the work <laughs> and sure. maybe add a little bit of my own kind of um, sound effect on the, on the sound itself. Mm-hmm. Sure. And actually, how much how much automation do you put into a synth like that? A lot. <laughs> a <Yeah>. lot. Of, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I love I love doing I, I mean, I love automation because it, you know, it brings your track to life. But um, yeah, I usually do a lot of automation and I use a lot of LFOs. <laughs> more than I should, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what they say, you can't you can't have enough LFOs, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> sure, man. Um okay, let's let's get a bit more general now. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna start this this part off with a very intriguing question from Maliv, um, who without fail every week asks the most interesting questions. So he does. <laughs> so shout out to Maliv once again. Um mm-hmm. Which fruit best describes your production process? You know, I, I saw him post this question and I was like, dude, <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a really tough question. But I've been thinking about it, so um, it's not going to be like a long pause. But yeah, so I guess the best fruit would probably be a tangerine. Now, let me let me explain why. Of course. Because a tangerine, a tangerine is like really, really small. It's like one of the smallest in the orange family. And um, but it usually, in, in my experience, a tangerine has the biggest bite and the biggest burst of flavor. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is, although I may seem like a uh, like a small kind of producer, you know, I'm not really mm-hmm. known, not at all. But uh, I can always assure that my music is going to have the best burst of imagination and creativeness i guess that's a word that you'll ever that you'll ever hear boom boom i live imagine i got one for you man okay let's hear it let's hear it let's hear it (laughs) so valid if you could be if you could describe your production with uh a season what season would it be Shots are being fired from Imaginate. <laughs> Maliv, you better you better respond to this man or <laughs> we'll be chasing. <laughs> yeah. Sweet man. I, I like that response. Very quite on point. Um okay. Now we're getting deep. Uh Barani Balint asks, What is your future goal? How do you imagine the top of your career? Uh you know, my future goal has always been to provide, to be able to provide for my family, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's everyone's future goal. But to go more more in depth, I think that, and to answer the peak of my, the top of my career, would be being able to pretty much live off of making music, you know, not have to worry about having a second job or, um, you know, that kind of thing. I just want to sure. be able to wake up, go to the studio whether it's making my own stuff or produce for other people mm-hmm. and go back home with money to pay my rent or my bills 
in my mother's house off, you know, that sure. kind of thing. Totally, man. Totally. And then musically, like, where would you want to imagine it to be? I would definitely want to be up there with like Pharrell. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. how high I want Imaginate to go because I, I really like, you know, I like electronic music a lot, but I also just like making music in general. Sometimes I'll sit down and use what I can to make, uh, I don't know, like a really indie rock alternative kind of song, mm-hmm. or sometimes I'll just even write. Uh, lyrics to an r&b song for like a girl um you know i've always had that mindset of a multitasking producer someone who can step into the studio with a rock band one night and the next night go out and spin with like you know uh crazy dubstep dubstep pioneers like schism you know that kind of thing totally so so keeping a broad sort of alleyway in terms of music yeah. right so how yep. how do you envision like that transition happening as i say like from what i understand right imagine it eventually you want to break that into the pop scene right that i mean that's that's kind of the way that it has to go <laughs> and i've already been working on that myself um mm-hmm. i'm working with a good friend of mine shout out to christian he's probably not gonna listen to this but <laughs> shout out to christian um me, me and this kid, he's based in Nashville, and me and this kid are really working on uh, trying to break into the the mainstream music scene, you know, and, and get heard. Because eventually we want to get to the point where, okay, we can do the mainstream stuff, but now we want to show you what we can do when we come up, when we go into the studio by ourselves and yeah. show you what we can come up with, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Totally, man. So, actually interesting um and i think this is quite in line with what we're talking about who would you say is your biggest influence in music right now like you you obviously mentioned pharrell um yeah pharrell's definitely a big one um but as far as like so pharrell would be for like just artists in general but as far as like um electronic artists my biggest influence this is probably everybody's biggest news is probably jack U because of what they're doing I mean, Jack U, Major Laser, Snake, DJ Snake. What yeah. they're doing is really bridging the gap, and I'm really proud to see that it's it, it's happening. You know, and it's hap- it's happening really fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the fact that Lean On got a billion views on YouTube is like blowing my mind because you know, like two years ago, people would hear that song and be like, "What kind of what you know what yeah. noise is this? You know, it's a weird noise." You know, they would laugh at it, but I mean, it's really starting to take over and. Um, Jackie was really solidifying that for me mm-hmm. and uh, letting, you know, opening the doors for other people who have uh, like minds like them. And I just want to bridge this gap, you know? Sure. So actually on, on that, what do you think, what are your thoughts on the new Justin Bieber album? It's, uh, you know what? I, it's pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Cause you got to think about like this Justin Bieber as an artist is, you know, he's super talented, you know? Yeah. And um, coming together with Skrillex and was with Skrillex was uh, I mean was bound to happen because you got these two pop culture heavyweights, mm-hmm. you know that I mean they're bound to link up and that was bound to happen. But yeah. you know I do like it. Um, 
although it doesn't it all doesn't sound like everything should be on that album that's just my in my opinion yeah um there are some songs that i feel like that that shouldn't have been on there but you know all in all i think it sounds pretty dope you know definitely definitely bieber's growing up man yeah yeah well he's trying i'll, yeah. I'll say he's trying <laughs> <laughs> totally totally uh have you have you actually heard the latest flume track called never be like you yes i have and um my thoughts on it are okay so it's, it's really cool um it reminds me it reminds me a lot of a timbaland song timbaland as the producer mm-hmm. uh who produces for uh Justin Timberlake and a whole bunch of other people. But it sounds a lot like a Justin Timberlake song. I don't know why, but I just get that vibe. Definitely. Uh, it's definitely dope. Um, you can see Flume is really trying to break into that whole kind of niche where it's like this pop crossbreed with electronic music kind of thing yeah. going on there. Um, definitely not, in my opinion, definitely not one of the hardest Flume tracks I've heard because that dude can uh he's had some crazy songs but yeah um it's dope i definitely do like it i can hear it on the radio i mean i I can hear that on the radio like tomorrow yeah but yeah sure sure totally man um so bridging out of this this conversation i have the last question for you is thoughts on future base like where do you see it going Future bass is, you know, it's funny. I uh, there's a song on the radio, and I can't, I can't. I'm so mad, I can't remember the name of it. But it's a future bass song, and it's on the radio, and you know, it has that those synths, that uh, LFO synth, um, in the main drop of the song. And you know, I was just in the car, and my mom like, yo, that that's a future bass song. Like it has a rise and drop and everything. But um, as far as like where I see future bass going. Is, I mean, it's just going to keep going up, you know. A lot of people really underestimate the power of electronic music and where it can go. But, I mean, I remember, like, the first time I heard, and this is a dubstep song, but it's kind of related. The first time I heard Flux Pavilion, like, on national television was a baseball game. Not a baseball game, sorry, basketball game. And his song was playing, like, during the halftime. Really, and it, I I don't know. It just blew my mind. It's like, wow, that's that's a Flux Pavilion song yeah. on national television. But you know, uh, Future Bass man is just gonna keep going up and up. Um, you know, more songs. It's gonna be pushed probably more mainstream into the pop kind of pop culture weird thing that's going on there right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's gonna go there. But do you see? Yeah. Do you see? Do you consider yourself as like a future? Bass produce. I mean, obviously, no one wants to put themselves on, under a genre, right? But like, would you call yourself more of like a dubstep or like a trap or like a future bass producer? I would definitely say future bass. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, I stepped away from the dubstep sounds just because you know I can't. Not that I can't, but I just I don't see myself doing that stuff all the time. And with future bass sounds. I'm able to blend my uh, taste in like these heavy, weird bass sounds into something more colorful and easier to listen to. So I definitely say future bass. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like dubstep was as a producer and making dubstep? Do you feel like that was more constricting than say future bass or trap? Yeah, way constrict, way more constricting. Just because it, 
I had to be in like a different mindset than what I have to be in Future Bass because Future Bass, I can use my background in, you know, making hip hop and, mm-hmm. you know, pop kind of records and just, you know, put it together with Future Bass and it'll come out incredible. What it, but when I tried to do that with Dubstep, you know, it it didn't come out as, as good as I uh, wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. Did you feel like musically now you're, you feel more freedom and that you can get more creative in that sense? Oh yeah, way way more creative. Um, and a lot more freedom as far as uh, production goes because you know I'm I'm starting to step into that real again I'm going to use this term again that real imaginate sound which which I was struggling with for a long time you know trying to figure out what my sound was but when it's something that you're not when it's not constraining. You know, when it just, it's naturally and flows out of you, that's how you know it's your sound. So, sure, yeah. Sure, sure. So, so okay, let's go back to dubstep for a second. And this has been the talk for the past year or two. Is mm. dubstep dead? Thoughts? Dubstep in no way at all is dead, man. It's like so alive and well. Now, I'm going to say that the originality in dubstep maybe falling off you know a little <laughs> a little bit <laughs> sure but you know dubstep is still heavy as ever um one of my favorite dubstep artists no it's not it's not skrillex or getter it's uh dr ozzy and it's these dudes uh based in toronto i think yeah um their dubstep tracks have been heavy since I can remember, I don't know, maybe 2011 or 2012, I first heard about them. But their their dubstep tracks have been heavy, just so heavy. They they have a new track out on um, the new Never Say Die completion. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been playing it nonstop. It's called Always You. But um, yeah, I've been playing it nonstop. Yeah. I just think that the originality in dubstep is falling off. That's all. Because it's getting to the point where I can predict how a song will drop. Yeah. And, and, and that's not good, but you know it's always gonna shake, shake the club, or, or at, it's always gonna shake the festivals. Cause I, I mean bass, but yeah. Sure, but why? Why do you think that is, man? Like with up, like it, do you think that has to do with like, I don't know, the fact that you have to sound, have to have a certain bass line that sounds a certain way, or is that you know the BPM has to be one? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just think it's, you know, people want to sound like. Um, you know, people want to sound like what's 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 hot. You know, um, people just want to have that sound, and no one's daring to be original anymore. You know, because we wanna we wanna sell out festivals. I mean, you know, shows. We wanna sell out festivals, um, and you know, it, it, that that's not really helping the creative process. Because if you if you sit down in a studio and you're like, okay, I'm gonna make this kind of track with th- these kind of wubs. And this this kind of bass, yeah. you know, you're already limiting yourself. You know, that's not that's, that's not how it should go. Totally. And um, it's also because of you know people are influenced by uh, the big pioneers, yeah. you know, and it's that's not just Skrillex. I mean, you got a lot of pioneers. Um, people are heavily influenced by them, which is a good thing, but they forget to take it a step further. You know, they're just replicating what they hear mm-hmm. and. Don't get me wrong, people's production skills are like ridiculous. Um, they always sound, it always uh, blows me away every time. But, you know, I just feel like it just needs to be more original. That's all. 
Sure. Okay, so personal question to you, man. Track that we're dropping tomorrow, you are the reason. What do you classify that as? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put that under... Uh, wow. That is a really interesting question. Uh, because it's an interesting track. You know, it goes from... Well, you guys will hear it tomorrow, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to put it under Trap. I'll say it's Trap right now. Okay. Yeah, it's Trap. Trap with some dubstep influence. Yeah. Some dubstep <laughs> Hyper influence, Trap. Yeah, no. yeah Hyper Trap. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's call it Bass Music, man. I think Bass Music yeah, is like... Bass, exactly. A nice general yeah. name for all things yep. Bass. Yep. Bass Music. Totally. Okay. Let's get deep again. Question from... Tara Fanny. Sorry. Correction. Question from Altaric Harrison. Who is your greatest aspiration in life? Um, so I'm, I'll step away from music influences. Yeah. Uh, I guess my greatest aspiration uh, was probably the motive of uh, the motive of my father. Um, you know, he just wants to be able to to provide for, you know, his family and um, make sure that everyone's always looked after, you know, and no one has to worry about anything. As far as like life aspiration goes, that's what I want to be as, you know, always. Um, and it doesn't have to be my family. It can be like, you know, my close friends or anyone I meet. Um, I just want to be able to, when they need something from me, mm-hmm. you know, I can help them out. Or if it's, if it is my family, you know, that they don't have to worry about certain things or you know that kind of thing just being able to provide sure that's all totally man totally with you on that one man um Mm -hmm. okay last sort of deep question before we round this off what inspired you to do music as a career like when was that turning point oh and by the Uh, way sorry shout outs to tiara fanny yeah tara uh that's oh tara i went to call my bad yeah i went to college with her it's all good uh She's from Germany. She's an interesting person. Uh, but yeah, Thera, um, you know, it's funny because I used to I used to want to be a mechanic, which is like completely <laughs> way different than uh, doing music. I used to want to like when I was younger, I would draw cars and, um, you know, I'd watch my dad fix them or my dad's friends work on them. Mm-hmm. And I was just fascinated by mechanic. I mean, I still am, but. It's not something I could do <laughs> right now, but sure. I guess the turning point was um, when was when I heard the, the electronic music. Man, I was, you know, I was listening to hip hop and rap all the time, old school and new school. But when I just heard that sound like I've never heard before, it just opened up my mind. I was like, you know what, I could, I could do whatever I want if I make music. So I was like, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make music. Yeah, fair enough, man. Well, that is that is a good turning point, man. Mm. Into the mm. electronic music scene. Okay. Yes, sir. Rounding this off, why don't you give us an update of what people should be expecting from Imaginate? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so we got You Are The Reason with my homie, Soup. Uh, it's coming out tomorrow. Man, he, you know, it was funny because we, we, there are so many versions of that track that people will never hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, we went back and forth for a little bit, but we finally were like, okay, this is it. And then, I mean, it just came out spectacular. Uh, so we have You Are The Reason coming. We have my EP coming out, which uh, is three other tracks. 
And I'm really, really excited about those. I'm, I'm putting in a lot of work and a lot of hours into those. Um, and I also have uh, a couple of productions that I've did that I've do, I'm doing um, for people. Um, I mean, like not electronic, but just like hip hop and you know, uh, just music in general. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff for uh, people right now, as, alongside my own stuff, and uh, you know, that's that's it for like the the close. <laughs> for what's coming up like really soon Mm -hmm. but further down the line i want to do a lot of more a lot more um just regular tracks that i just come up with you know singles that i just come up with because uh i've been again i'm always experimenting but um i figured out some really cool stuff in the past month so i can't wait to start working on those but yeah awesome man and in terms of shows anything lined up uh nope not yet uh but i mean after this, these slew of tracks that are coming out, I'm sure I'll be able to line some stuff up. Nice. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay. Any last messages to our audience? Listeners? Um, I just want to thank everybody who uh, uh, asked questions. You guys are dope. I love you guys. Um, and everyone who's listening right now, I thank you for all the support and, uh, and all the love you've given me. Because uh, without you guys, none of this would be happening right now. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, and also a big shout out to the Heroic and uh, Villain fam. Uh, you guys are so cool. And when I first was put on, everyone, I mean, they still are. Everyone was just was just so nice. And it's just a really awesome vibe that I get. And I love talking to you guys. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Cheers, man. That's from the heart. Appreciate it. Yes, love back to Peace. you, bro. Well, it was it was awesome having you on, man. And uh, yeah. looking forward to the releases, especially your yes, other um, Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a real note, thanks again, man. Uh, we'll talk soon. All right, man. I'll see you. Cheers, dude. Cheers.